are the leaders that change the world? They're professors, coaches, and mentors. They're servant leaders willing to invest and inspire others. They serve with a purpose, preparing others to shape their communities and influence their professions. Our exceptional degree programs will equip you with the skills and Christian character that set you apart and prepare you to lead with significance. Say yes to your purpose. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. Hi. When I first stood here a few months ago, I respectfully presented facts and the lack of transparency I felt coming from the district. Quickly, I was mocked and dismissed again and again. You've made it clear you do not listen to parents. You do not support your teachers, and you are not willing to budge. Now I will be speaking to the parents listening. That was a parent beginning her talk at the Caneo Valley School Board uh, not too long ago. And the thing that's going on that makes it even difficult for radio is that she will go on to discuss problems that are happening in the classroom, like literally sexual behavior with kids and in the curriculum that's being read. We can't actually play a lot of what's being said on the radio. It's an FCC violation to talk about those kinds of things, and uh, that is how significant it is. And as we get to the election coming up, you know, one of the things I think is that we say a lot in our program that I think matters a lot is that there are a lot of issues that are not really right and left. They might be very, very far to the left or very, very far to the right, but actually very few people agree with, with those decisions. Or those uh, policies, those different things that some people are putting into power. But for some reason, that seems to be the loudest group. We've been seeing a lot of this from parents and school boards the last couple of years. And one of the things I think that matters, school board elections, by the way, on your ballot, most places they're nonpartisan, meaning you don't see that they're Republicans or Democrats. You don't know what their party affiliation is. And usually there's some group that's you know, that is backed by one party or the other. That's normally how that works, okay? And you can find that out. You can go look for that if you want to. But I believe that we're living in a time when actually Democrats and Republicans right here in California are finding themselves in agreement uh, about a lot of issues that they didn't used to agree on because of some of what is being discovered as being taught, particularly in schools. A poll that came out uh, last week or the week before, a Monmouth poll, in discussing who you support uh, generally on the ballot, Republicans or Democrats. They gave Republicans a six-point lead, 50 to 44 percent. That's been pretty typical. It kind of goes up and down. And a lot of the conversation has to do with control of Congress, control of the House and Senate, and you hear a lot about that. But when you dig down into that poll, there was a very interesting statistic. How did it break down when it was talking about parents, parents whose kids are in school? And it said that parents are voting for the Republicans 64% to 29%. And that Democrats, even 52% of Democrats were voting against, I wouldn't say their party because it's nonpartisan, but voting to change schools. The parents are mad. If that poll is correct, election day is going to be wild. And one of the things that maybe you won't hear as much is the down ballot stuff, school boards and county boards of supervisors and stuff. But something that we learned during the COVID is that those roles are very significant, that they impact our kids. They impact what's being taught in school. They impact how we live our life, whether or not you're wearing masks, whether or not you have to get the vaccines, whether or not, you know, these mandates here and there. And it's a really big deal. 
And so I want to talk about it because I want to encourage you to take a look at your ballot and actually look up each one of those people who are particularly running for school board. And don't just go by the, the prettiest sign that you see. But pay attention because our kids' health is in the balance. Their mental health, their spiritual health, their educational health. Studies came out last week about how poorly our kids are doing in math, science, and English, and reading. 31% of graduates in the United States, only 31% can read at the appropriate level. That's horrific, no matter who you are. And it's worse if you're in... Um, if you are in a, a school that is predominantly black or Hispanic, it's, it's in the 80s, cannot read at the graduating level. And I'm telling you that I don't think this is left or right. I think that parents listening here agree that something has to change. So I invited a parent to join me here in the studio. She's running for school board in Conejo Valley. Her name is Joelle Mancuso. Uh, Joelle, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you so much. It's great to have you with us here in the studio, and thank you for putting yourself out there. It's not easy. No, it's not. I uh, have some calluses I've built up over the last few months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us about yourself. You know, what do you do when you're not running for school board? What do you do? Well, I, I've been in the health industry for quite a long time with uh, being a longevity coach, but okay. I've been very involved with my parent, my uh, children's education. So that's um, I've I've passed from one one season of my life to another. So I was raising my three kids. How old are your kids now? My kids are twenty, twenty two, and twenty four. So okay. now they're they're out of the nest, and it gives me some time to give back to the community. And education was exactly what I wanted to get back into and had been watching the school district for a while and was concerned about what was going on. And then after the, the COVID shutdowns, everything really got turned on its ear and I became um, concerned going to board meetings and, and seeing what was happening, especially with parents coming to board meetings and speaking. And I didn't feel like they were being heard. Yeah. In fact, I'm really glad you played that one clip at the beginning because that parent was very brave and that was very difficult to do. And there's lots of conversations before she was able to come forward and talk about it because, of course, parents are very concerned about backlash for their child, what's going to happen, or maybe the child doesn't want the parent to say anything out of embarrassment. So that's, yeah. that's a big part of it and a lot of reason why a lot of this stuff has been kind of secret and not happening. Everyone's staying quiet about it. Until that, now. I think that is a really big part of it. And I want to get into that. Your background is you come from um, a family of public school teachers. Isn't that correct? Yes, I do. My my grandmother, both of my parents, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I grew up in the public school system and loved it. I had yeah. a wonderful uh, schooling myself, absolutely I had a wonderful experience, and then when I came out to Caneo Valley with my kids to raise my kids, I've been there 25 years, I was really looking forward to the going into the school district, and then I discovered some things that, I, that didn't match what I wanted for my kids, and so I explored many different things from charter school to um, homeschooling to... Um, to public school, a little bit of everything. So you could say that I've I've had my fingers in, in yeah. everything, so I know the lay of the land. Yeah. Well, and uh, parents are forced, I think, to make these kinds of decisions. One thing that we talk about in this program is that, you know, we're all for private schools or homeschooling or different ways to do it, charter schools. It's all great. But the public school is inevitable. It's going to exist. And the public school will be educating kids or 
presumably supposed to be educating kids, so we can't abandon it. No, absolutely not. We have to have a robust public education system. And not everyone can homeschool, and not everyone should homeschool. That's for quite sure. honestly. We learned that during the COVID, Christy and I. About you know three months into it, we're like, we cannot do this. Any, any notion we had that we would be good at it? Uh, went out the window uh, yeah, at that period of time. And that's important. And a lot of parents can't. They don't have time. They have to work. They can't afford they a can't private afford school. It. They don't win the lottery and get to go to the charter school. That's right. So the the public schools matter. Yes. And uh, that matters a lot. So why did you decide, I need to get involved here? Your kids are graduated. You could have said, I don't care. I got my kids through. They're They're okay. What made you decide to get involved? Well, this is going to sound really schmaltzy, but I just feel like I was made for a time like this because Mm -hmm. I know education really well. I'm a trustee at a small liberal arts college, and so I know what education can be. I know how it can inspire our next generation. I know how important it is. It's a passion of mine. I feel very mission-driven when it comes to education, and I have... I have a lot of time to research things. And what I've discovered with our current board anyway, not a lot of research going on with the curriculum and Mm. where it's coming from. There seems to be a – they're not diving deep or going behind the curtain or looking at where these things are coming from. If you dig deep enough, which is usually on page two, not not on page one, you'll find that a lot of the curriculum coming into Caneo Valley, which is very much suburbia, is coming from places like New York and San Francisco and San Jose. And you're talking about the curriculum that that kids are looking at. So when you talk about looking at page one and page two, are you talking about the actual curriculum that's being handed out? Page one says, you know, we're going to talk about English or math or biology or something. But page two tells you what they're really going to talk about. You know what? I'm actually talking about, so a board has to go through the curriculum and decide if it fits their community. Mm, okay. They are their community advocate. That is who put is putting them in office. Yeah. Therefore, when you look at our curriculum, you don't just look at the pictures. You need to find out where it's coming from. I see. There's always an agenda with anything we yeah. we listen to, we read, whether it's newspaper, TV, radio, everything has an angle. Mm. And so when you have an audience of impressionable children, you have to look for the angle. And especially in this world, you have to really look at what is what is the publisher of this packaged material trying to do. And that's not being done. And and Teen Talk is one of those things that was brought into our district that is quite alarming. And actually, the teachers did not favor this curriculum, and the board put it through anyway. That's an interesting thing, too, because I think sometimes the the teachers in the classrooms get caught up in all of this, but they're not for it, right? They want to be educators. They want to teach, but they are unfortunately sometimes forced. Yes, I don't think this is necessarily a teacher problem. Obviously, we know that there's there's good and bad teachers, but a lot of teachers that were tasked with look at, looking at our comprehensive sex ed did not want this particular one. They said it went too far. And that's what the teen talk is. Yes. My friends, we have to pay attention to this. It's not Democrats and Republicans right and left against each other. This is a serious crisis. My guest is Joelle Mancuso. She's a candidate for the uh, Conejo Valley School Board District. What what cities are part of Conejo Valley in your school district? That would be Thousand Oaks, Westlake Village, and Newberry Park. Okay, Thousand Oaks, Westlake Village, or Newberry Park. But I want everybody listening to realize that this is in every neighborhood. This is in every part of our country. Okay, these things are going on everywhere. Don't say, well, that's going up there with those people. It's happening down the street at your school. Uh, Joelle, 
you handed me some copies of some materials that are being handed out in schools. And I'm honestly, I've known this. I don't think I've felt, I've had it in my hand before. Okay, so I'm a little bit, it's going to be hard for me to keep it together. Uh, you talked about Teen Talk. So Teen Talk is the curriculum that's the, is it the sex ed curriculum in the Conejo Valley and many other school districts across the country, correct? Right. Comprehensive sex ed was something that had to be taught in California, and there are many different choices. This is one that our board decided to do. It's the most, most radical one, and that's the one that they chose for our little city. So they have many choices put before them. This is the one they voted on and chose. Five to zero, actually, after the teachers were apprehensive about it, wanted a more moderate curriculum, and they still decided to choose this one. Moderate? Yeah, all right. Yeah, this is not moderate. So the cover of it um, has a picture of a, a pregnant person who is a man. Not really a man, right? It's transgender right. woman, probably, but a guy, looks like a guy. It looks like a guy pretending to be pre pregnant, right? Since it's Halloween, I might expect to see this, somebody just being silly out there, uh, a guy. But it's a woman who has transitioned to a man. She's got a full beard, short hair, but she's very pregnant, eight or nine months here. And this is the only picture in the curriculum of a pregnant person? Yes. So there's no women pregnant? There's or some no, anatomy uh, no. pictures, right. but this is the only photograph of a pregnant person. Only the trans person. Okay. Uh when I open this up, and the very next page that I'm looking at here is got information on gender nonconforming and drag queens, and then maybe you could explain what what I'm even looking at here. It's so I. There's the fill-in sheet uh, asking the students to go over some things in class, and it talks about hormone therapy and gender-affirming surgeries. So that is basically changing the body, taking cross-sex hormones, uh, puberty blockers so that you don't go through the transition, and then the cross-sex, if you're a, a girl wanting to be a boy, you take testosterone, and then the opposite if you wanted to be a girl. And um, it's, it's very alarming because we don't even know what happens to the body when you start taking these hormones. We do That's know right. it makes the kids really great customers for the rest of their lives. Yes. And you have to look at that because a lot of people will ask, well, why would someone do something like this? And you do have to follow the money, and there's lots of money to be made. So then you have to ask yourself, well, why would a parent do this or, or people that obviously care for children? And I think that they've been sold a bill of goods. I think that they've been scared into making these decisions. Because Is it true that the doctors will say that if you don't do this, you're going to have, would you rather have a, a dead daughter or an alive son? Exactly. Talking about uh, transitioning to the other gender. Well, they're not talking about this. The statistics of someone that goes goes ahead and does the transition, that the suicide rate actually is, I believe it's seven to nine years later, is much greater. Yes. And no one's talking about that. And my friends, this is just this is just evil. And like I said, this is not right or left, but this is why you need to get out there and vote. I personally think that your school board elections are they matter more, perhaps, than even the vote that you have for for Congress. You know, everyone's going to pay attention to what happens with the control of Congress. I think what happens in the control of school boards has the much bigger impact. You're listening to Southern California Live. My guest is Joelle Mancuso, and she's given me. Uh, a few pages from Teen Talk, which is the student materials for sex ed. And we're t looking at the, the transgender section. It says ninth grade on it. But I'm, I went to the next page, 
and it says seventh grade. So now we're talking about uh, 12-year-olds, mm-hmm. maybe 11-year-olds, turning 13. My son just is 13 and a half. I don't want him looking at this. I, I, I have to have this conversation with him, but as a father, but should I describe even what's on here? Uh, you know, if you got, if you got kids, this is maybe what's just what your kids have seen already. Seventh grade. It gives a whole lot of conversation here about consent and sexual behaviors. And it defines, am I reading this right? It defines abstinence in terms of you're still practicing abstinence if you're practicing anal sex, oral sex, and basically every sex act except intercourse. That is the abstinence chapter. It's and not exactly what we would think of abstinence no. as being a, uh, a moral question. Um, but this is actually, can I get pregnant or not? That's really all it's about is can I get pregnant or not? Seventh grade, talking about 12-year-olds. This is in the public school curriculum that it's very likely that your school board voted for. You need to find this out. Uh, the next page, is just it's just a whole lot of stuff. I can't even believe this is seventh grade. And then you brought me a... Uh, I don't even want to keep looking at that one. We we need to. We need to know. We're limited on time here. Then you brought me a a student newspaper. And where's this from? This is from Newberry, Newberry Park. This is their high school newspaper called the Panther Prowler. And, and this is a highlighted story on the very, the front page. And the highlighted story is on a girl who is going to transition and get actually her. She's going to turn sixteen. She's going to have her breast removed. Yes. Okay, and she is going to try to transition into a man, um, is what she believes, and she believes that this is the right thing to do. Does she? Do you think there's any chance she understands that this makes her a lifetime medical patient, a tremendous amount of money, that it will damage her ability to have regular relationships through her entire life? I mean, the the suicide rate that comes later. Mm-hmm. You can understand that. I mean, don't do it if you're out there thinking about it. You know, we want to tell you about Jesus and how you are loved and forgiven and there is grace and purpose for you. In fact, there's a whole group of people who are detransitioning, who are sharing their stories. Maybe we'll share some of that on another program that matters greatly. Um, They're being lied to. This girl is lied to. It's an absolute lie. That's right. And what do our kids do but look to us and the professionals and everyone around them is saying this is an option and possibly a great idea. What are you going to do at 15? Think about when you were 15. Yeah, 15. 15. You can't drive. I don't know if you I could have, have made beer. this decision at 23. Right. Let alone 15. Yes. Uh, it's, it's very significant. All right. Are you, are you, you know, for our audience here, this is why we talk about this because this matters. I, I really want to encourage you to move past the, the partisanship that we are dealing with so in so many ways when we vote, we've got to vote on policy. We've got to vote on what's really happening. And this is horrific for our kids. So let, you know, part of the issue is kids aren't learning. They're not being educated, right, in the big issues. But we're now, we're now teaching things that will impact them emotionally, spiritually, economically, everything for life. Joelle, what would you say to a parent who's hearing this, who's saying, I need to do something? What's their next step? So we want everybody to vote. If you don't know what your school board members think, go to their website. They all have a website somewhere. I would go to your school board meetings. I think that for the first time, I know ours have filled up with parents. 
it's the uh, once someone s- steps forward, you have many people stepping forward. This there's been lots of stories going on. You know, we have shared bathroom spaces now with, with the boys and the girls, and shared locker rooms now with the boys and the girls. It's been going on for years, but the parents don't speak up. Everyone's been really quiet, and then when everything's shut down for COVID. It just created more of a separation. When people came back together, they just kind of stayed in their own little Mm. worlds. And they didn't come out and start talking to each other. A lot of the stuff is happening, and everyone's quiet. People need to be talking again. Parents need to talk. They need to realize that even if it can be embarrassing for your student, that they're watching you. And they're learning from you, how do I handle when something's not right? And it's a teaching moment. And those moments can be very difficult to do. Mm. But the kids watch. When something is wrong, my mom or dad do this. And so that means that you are training those kids up to know to stand up and do something and say something when something's not right. And sometimes those discussions are difficult. And I have to commend the parents that have come forward to the school board meetings and they've spoken up. They've gotten brave. They're just so courageous. And I hope that more parents will do that. And I hope when you vote this year, start at the back of your ballot. That is the mm. most important one because you're voting for the innocence, protecting the innocence of our children who don't go into school with armor. They go in with open minds, and we have to protect them. It's your most important race to pay attention to. Joel, I want to thank you for being with us today. Unfortunately, we're out of time, and there's so much more to talk about, but, you know, We're going to vote next week, but I want to remind people that this battle doesn't end there. Do not just make this something that you think about or care about every two years when there's a ballot in your mailbox. We have to be involved now with all these things. Joelle, thank you very much for for stepping forward and doing this. And don't be afraid. I think there's so much fear. And the oddest thing to me is I think that almost everybody, 80, 90 percent, agree that this should not be taught. I, definitely. I we have knocked on doors and nobody is okay with this. And I'll say one more thing. If you don't use the schools, vote. Yes. If your kids have graduated, vote. If you don't have kids, vote. Yeah. <laughs> if you can vote, vote. Please vote. All right. Get out and do that. <laughs> JoelleMancuso.com. JoelleMancuso.com is how you reach Joelle Mancuso. She's running for school board in Conejo Valley. Get out there and vote wherever you are. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today. The new six-part documentary series puts you on the front line of America's southern border and rise of the deadly drug fentanyl. The overdose death crisis in this country is directly linked to Cartel Jalisco New Generation and the Sinaloa Cartel in their labs. Fentanyl is 50 times more powerful than heroin. Three grains of fentanyl would kill you. Tens of thousands of Americans have died. And our southern border is a drug cartel war zone. Now they have sophisticated weapons, tanks. They're dropping explosives on their competitors right by the border. We've never seen this before in the history of the country. Border Battle shows a border crisis like never before with exclusive footage exposing the consequences of illegal immigration, drug trafficking, and decades of government neglect. This will get worse before it gets better. Watch Border Battle from Turning Point USA. Download this shocking six-part series now at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com.